This podcast is sponsored by the Music Player Network at musicplayer.com, the premier musician resource for keyboard players and beyond. Since the year 2000, the Music Player Network has been the go-to source for news and views on music technology, playing tips, and gigging help. The Keyboard Corner is one of the longest-running keyboard forums in Internet history, with guitar, bass, drum, and numerous recording and music tech forums also on offer. Frequented by weekend warriors, manufacturers' representatives, and professionals alike, MPN provides an invaluable resource for any musician, and it's 100% free to sign up and use. Go to www.musicplayer.com to see for yourself. Welcome to episode 33 of the Keyboard Chronicles, a podcast for keyboard players of the gigging variety. I'm your host David Holloway and it's great as always to be here with you. My esteemed co-host Paul is out on the road with his band, which I know he's extremely grateful to be able to do given the present circumstances worldwide, so I hope you're having a ball, Paul. Um, I'm very pleased today to have a very different type of guest, a guest that's in the early part of their career and one that's immersed in the world of blues and boogie-woogie and roots and country. Um, Veronica Lewis has been going gangbusters in her career to date, and I cannot recommend more highly checking out some of her work before you listen to this this episode. Uh, And there are links in the show notes on keyboardchronicles.com. It really is worth a look, because her passion for music is likely to take her a very, very long way, let alone her absolute talent as well. Um, I think her enthusiasm, as as you hear it throughout this interview, will be infectious, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Veronica, thanks for joining us on a Friday night. It's a, it's a big sacrifice and we appreciate it. Oh, of course. It's my pleasure to be here and thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. No, look, it's, it's absolutely my pleasure. Um, so you're an interesting guest for us, Veronica, because um, a, a lot of our guests we, we tend to interview, you know, midway through their career or later where they've got, you know, sort of... 20, 30, 40 years of experience. And, and um, one of the reasons we approached you to do an interview is we thought we'd take a little bit of a different tack and talk to someone that's obviously an exciting musician at what is essentially the beginning of their career. So appreciate you doing it from that viewpoint as well. So I thought we'd just kick off with, tell us what got you into music for the fir- first time in, in the recent, I'm guessing in the recent decade. Yeah, well, you know, I started playing piano when I was around six years old, and I'm totally self-taught uh, with piano, and I just learned by by listening and improvising and just writing my own music, uh, even when I was first starting out. And I guess the way that I really got into the music was, you know, I just found blues and I found Boogie Woogie and that early rock and roll music, and I just really fell in love with it. <laughs> you know, even at five, six years old, 
Um, you know, I just listened to so many different kinds of music, modern and, you know, music back going back to like the 30s and 40s even. And I just really, um, even when I was that young, I found I really was just captivated by this music. And it was it was something that I was really excited about. And I still am and I still love. And that's what inspired me to to start wanting to play it for myself. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And so that I'm fascinated then with with the, as you just mentioned, the blues and boogie woogie and so on, how did you discover that? I'm assuming you had parents or other someone else that, that put you onto that? Well, you know, I, my grandfather and I were, were very um, c- connected through music. You know, he actually lost his sight when he was 15 years old. And so the only way we really connected was, was through music. And, you know, wow. he definitely, um, I wouldn't say he ever, you know, told me a specific artist or genre to listen to, but he definitely instilled this love and kind of hunger for finding new music and new artists that I was excited about and that I loved. Because I think, you know, as starting out as a a piano player, just um, one of the biggest things that kept me motivated to keep practicing was that I loved the music that I was always listening to and always trying to play and write. So I think um, definitely I wasn't uh, given at an early age, just like a, a real love for music. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So so your grandfather would get out, I, I don't know, CDs, re- vinyl records or whatever, and just put on some artists and you just grew to love it that way. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, he actually was a bass player, but he had to to stop playing because his fingers had, yeah. would grow the calluses so he couldn't read Braille. Um, but yeah, like we would totally, I, I, he would, we would listen to all different kinds of stuff. And if I was really enjoying something, of course, he would, you know, recommend stuff that was, you know, like kind of artists that I was enjoying at the time. And uh, even when I was, you know, five, six, I just, um, I definitely enjoyed listening to all different genres too. Yeah, that's amazing. So, and so, how did you make that jump then from I love this music to I, I want to play piano? Well, I mean, I the the real I think um, genres that that got me were you know boogie woogie and yeah. you know New Orleans style piano and that early rock and roll you know Jerry Lee Lewis and Little Richard and, and Katie Webster um, and you know once I it's so fun to listen to that kind of music and I just one day I, I just sat down I'm like let me just try to you know figure this out on piano and it it all came from like learning and figuring out the one four five progression and like the 12 bar blues which is like the structure for a lot of those all those great songs and once i kind of understood very basic you know uh kind of form of the songs i was able to to start writing and, and coming up with kind of um similar songs of that style and then it just i started um, progressing and, and practicing <laughs> so much yeah, more. Yeah, okay. So, and I'll, I definitely want to cover the songwriting in a little while. But um, so, the self-taught you obviously just mentioned picking up the one four five. So, ha- um, you obviously had access to a piano somewhere, and was it a matter of just uh, listening to the music and doing it doing it by ear, or you know, luckily now we all have YouTube and other things to to teach us some of this stuff. Like, how did you progress that at, at a young age to actually teach yourself? Yeah, well, it definitely started with with figuring out, you know, the one, four, five and and kind of, uh, you know, trying to, you know, listen to definitely like early recordings and also, you know, YouTube videos as well of, you know, definitely some of the YouTube videos were, you know, like recordings of, uh, you know, like, you know, Ed Sullivan shows from the 1950s. 
the Jerry Lee Lewis just like rocking it out with, you know, a whole lot of shaking. And uh, yeah. I think definitely watching those recordings and just seeing how how the piano was just brought to such a different light um, with, with those pioneers of rock and roll where it wasn't just kind of a background instrument, you know, it was brought to the front of the stage and it was, there was so much excitement and power with the instrument and uh, definitely listening and watching those videos helped to figure out that progression. And then like, yeah, once I figured out kind of the structure, then I was able to just improvise a lot over it just all the time uh, and kind of, you know, create my own kind of style with, you know, riffs in, in the right hand while still keeping that, you know, left hand boogie woogie bass going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so how, how old roughly were you when you were starting to pull the, you know, the two hands together and, and playing at that sort of level? Yeah, I mean, even when I was six or seven, I started kind of, uh, you know, like I like to call it the one note boogie woogie where I would kind of just have the left hand going with the chop bass line and then I would just kind of hit like a chord or maybe like a note yeah. or two if I really crazy um and then i think it was definitely pulling together the hands and um you know being able to have them uh like almost autonomous on their own was the hardest part um yeah. but definitely right away I, I tried to to really work on it even though it was really really hard um but that was definitely how i was able to um to grow so quickly with it is because i really focused on bringing the two together definitely yeah, and so I mean, at, you know, at age five or six or seven, to to have that focus, obviously the passions there. And I'm assuming, did you have people? I'm guessing your grandfather, but did you have people, you know, either at school or teachers or someone that kept you motivated, inspired, or mentored you and and helped you along the way? Well, you know, definitely, like you know, my mom, my parents, for sure, they were really supportive of you know my interest and passion for for music and piano. And uh, actually, when I was six years old, before I started playing, we rescued this old, like, hundred-year-old upright piano from a neighbor's barn. You know, they were just going to wow. throw it out burn it or something so we saved it and we brought it home and uh that's that's kind of you know once the piano was in the house that's really when uh, i started getting really really excited about the idea of, of learning to play and um definitely my parents are, are huge supporters and uh very grateful for all the uh enthusiasm that they have for for my music and, and what i'm doing no, that's amazing. And I, I did, I apologize, I did forget to ask at the start, what state of the U.S., I know you're in the east, but what state in the U.S. do you live? Yeah, I'm in Massachusetts near Boston. Massachusetts. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and so growing up, obviously, family supportive. Um, uh, did you start doing any performances for other people? Sort of, when did that kick off for you? Well, you know, when I was, um, I think I had, I definitely did some kind of, you know, piano recital when I was in like second grade when I was, I think around eight years old. So that was probably the first, uh, you know, public appearance. <laughs> but, you know, uh, when I was around 12 years old, I started uh, singing and then I started writing full songs with lyrics and, you know, these piano compositions I have been writing. And so, you know, around 12, I started kind of regularly performing out. Um, and yeah, it was definitely, I think, around that age, I actually won, um, like I was named the, the Youth Blues Artist of the Year for New, in New Hampshire, because I also spend a lot of my time in New Hampshire as well. And that was when I was around 12. And 
I got the chance to perform in Memphis, uh, Tennessee on Beale Street. So it definitely wow. started the high gear when I was, you know, 12, 13. <laughs> Even I know Beale Street. So sadly for people like Australians like me, we only we only tend to know Beale Street from the Mark Cohen song "Walking in Memphis." <laughs> but I, I, even I do understand that how iconic that street is. Um, so that's that's amazing. So obviously, and you, do, what, what do you recall your first? You know, your tr- first what I would say true performances in, on places like Beale Street or those those sort of gigs. Do you recall your first um, impressions of what it was like, you know, playing at that level? Obviously, it was a buzz, but you know, were you hooked for life from the moment you started that stuff? Definitely, definitely. I think, um, you know, performing is it's such a different experience than just writing and then playing and rehearsing at home. And you know, I think honestly, one of the first you know big shows I did and um, was on Beale Street, and was at one of the you know famous clubs down there and it was it was definitely intimidating when i was you know i was 12 years old i had never really done a lot of performing and uh you know it was it was the first time on an airplane like it was just so much and uh but definitely the performing was something that i just immediately fell in love with and um even that first show on beale street i was I think I, ha- I had to go on right after uh, Barbara Blue, who is like a, a regular down on Beale Street, and she's known as the reigning queen of Beale Street. And she had, you know, a full band and like a horn section. Oh, and uh, I was just going on after her, like solo with just my piano and, you know, a microphone. And, you know, after that show, honestly, I've never been that nervous before. Yeah, I can before. imagine. Um, but yeah, going back to, you know, what you were saying is, you know, definitely I got hooked immediately on performing and, and being in front of, you know, an audience and being able to just throw myself into into what I'm playing um, and have people, you know, excited about it too in the crowd. It's great. <laughs> That's right. No, absolutely. And, and I obviously not mentioned even the fact that, and, and we'll be linking to a couple of your videos in the show notes and you've obviously got an album out and, and so on, is aside from the, the incredible playing is you obviously can, you're not just some... Um, you know, scratch singer, you're, you're obviously a great singer as well. So have, have you had support, um, you know, obviously developed your singing voice? Uh, how, how'd that happen for you? Well, first, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And, um, and also, yeah, I, you know, I first kind of started singing in an amateur way when I was like 12. And then uh, back in 2019, you know, only about a year and a half ago, I started um, working with a uh, classically trained opera singer. And that really opened up uh, a whole new world uh, for me. And I was able to really, you know, kind of find, I guess you could say my voice and understand, you know, some better vocal technique um, that just you know, learning how to how to breathe properly, because that's, you know, having mm. control of your breath is a really important thing when you're singing. And that, you know, all the little techniques that opera singers use, even though I'm obviously doing a different style, um, you know, it's, it's once you understand how to sing properly, I've just been able to apply it to kind of the style that I'm doing. Uh, and it's been it's been a really, really cool to be able to to jump into this different instrument, into the voice, and also still be able to, you know, um, write and, and play so much with the piano. The two go together so well. It makes it Me even too. more fun. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Um, no, I couldn't agree more. And uh, uh, the obvious third part of, of this is the songwriting. So I believe that 
everything on your album um, and you know most of what you do is is self uh, self written so I mean again that's a third skill that takes a lot of development let alone you know um, the, this early in your career how, how's that gone for you it's, it's obviously going well but you know how, how have you developed that it's just you mentioned from five or six started making stuff up it's just progressed from there Absolutely. I think, you know, first when I was playing piano, it it all started from improvising over, you know, the 12 bar blues structure. And, you know, obviously it just started out as, come you know, writing piano compositions, like piano songs, instrumentals. And then right when I started singing, I uh, was starting to write lyrics and put it to the music. And, you know, I've definitely fallen in love with, with songwriting just as much as I love, uh, you know, playing the piano and, and singing. So it's just definitely a big part of who I am. And I've been able to develop with it just, um, I think, because I started off just by basically writing and coming up with things, that's how I learned how to play piano. It's it's come um, second nature to write lyrics and put it all together. Yeah. Okay, great. And, and obviously, I'm assuming that a lot of your songwriting efforts are jamming at the piano and seeing what you come up with and going from there. Definitely. Yeah, I think um, sometimes like the lyrics will come first. And, you know, with a lot of my songs, they all come from a either like a visual image that I have in my mind or obviously a personal experience or a story that I'm trying to tell. And, you know, in those cases, I, I figure out, you know, what the lyrics are going to be about and, and what kind of message I want to get across. And then I sit down at the piano and figure out how I want it to sound and how I want the piano to complement that. And, and then of course there are plenty of songs where I'm sitting at the piano and I am coming up with this really cool arrangement. And then I come up with and write lyrics that will go along with the feel of the music. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, and this is going to sound like a silly question because the blues obviously underpins pretty much every other musical genre that's come since but, I mean, are there times where you've written lyrics or other music you've gone, I have to work hard to make this fit the way I play or um, you, you pretty much make, make things fit no matter what? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I definitely bring together a lot of different genres in my style. You know, I have, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, because I listen to so many things and because mm. I was in by so many amazing artists, you know, I kind of bring together boogie woogie and, and blues and, and rockabilly and country and New Orleans yeah. style. I think kind of the common denominator of it all is is like is me and in my own kind of, you know, s- style that I bring to it and my vocal style. And, uh, d- you know, to answer your question, I think um, I, I tr- you know, I, I don't think I feel limited or at all or like there's boundaries because of. Uh, the style that I'm playing right now, but you know, there's definitely um, songs that I've been writing recently in quarantine, of course, because yeah. nothing else to do. Really. <laughs> a lot of the time, it's just writing and playing, um, and so there have been uh, uh, some interesting songs to come out of this time that are definitely they they still are infused with kind of my roots and and the style that I play, but um, have some different elements and like the lyrics and, and maybe the feel of the music is uh, it's, it's a little bit different and maybe, um, you know, it's, and I think it's, it all still goes together, you know, you know, blues and um, you know, roots music. It's, it's all about being, you know, real and being authentic and there's nothing more, more real than just 
uh, you know, playing something that you really, really love and allowing people to get to know who you are through your music. That's right. And I can imagine it's a challenge, uh, you know, at the relative start of your career determining. I mean, to me, I couldn't imagine you doing um, anything other than the styles that you, you play in. And I'm sure as you progress, you're going to get, you know, people, you know, wanting you to do uh, totally different things. And, and that's obviously fine as well. But it just seems such an inherent part of your approach, the way um, you, you play. It's incredible. Yeah. Oh my God, thank you. And I've, I've definitely completely fallen in love with, you know, this kind of uh, boogie woogie, you know, early rock and roll um, sound. And I, I, I think, you know, I first started out with this and that's what really, that's, you know, listening to this and writing in this style is what allowed me to discover this deep, deep passion that I have for, for music and for piano. And so I think whatever I do and, you know, however I grow and, and, you know, progress as an artist, I'll always still keep these roots, you know, very strong in my music because it's a big part of who I am. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and uh, we're not a big gear nerd podcast by any means, um, Veronica, but just interested, obviously, as a piano player, I, I'm not expecting you to go into much detail about your rig, so to speak, but what, what is your, you know, go-to piano that you play, whether it be, um, you know, digital or, or an upright or, or whatever it is, what, you know, what, what are your key instruments that you love playing? Well, I think, you know, it's always a treat to be able to play an actual piano, um, mm. you know, that's that's what I have. I've only ever really had one piano and it was the one that we got yeah. when I was six years old. It's like a hundred year old upright. And I, I really, really love writing on that and practicing uh, on that. So, you know, totally that's, that's definitely the instrument of choice or, you know, if I ever by any chance get to play, uh, you know, a grand piano or something yeah. at a venue. Um, like just today I was, I was checking out uh, a local art center um, to do some live stream shows and there was this amazing uh, Steinway 12 foot grand piano oh, and I got to sit and play some songs on that so it's always a totally different experience than playing a keyboard so I would say that's my favorite for sure yeah. if I get if I if I had my my you know my dream I would be playing you know a Steinway but <laughs> yes. you know most of the shows that I've been doing I just have a keyboard yeah. <laughs> it's easier to work with <laughs> And I know, I know. Um, I noticed with one of your clips, you had a kawaii. But yeah, you know, do you have particular, you know, a go-to digital keyboard that this is what I now love playing and um, that sort of thing? Um, yeah, I think for sure, like the kawaii. I, I believe that was in my official music video. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love, I love that keyboard. And you know, some of the times as well when I'm touring or you know traveling or whenever that happens ever again uh there'll sometimes be keyboards at the venues which makes it uh, a lot easier for traveling so yeah. sometimes there'll be you know like a roland or a kawaii so uh you know i think it definitely most of the time depends on you know what's at the venue yeah no that's fair enough too um and so you've mentioned a couple of times obviously you know covid19 lockdown and so on and you haven't played for a while so are, are things you just mentioned a live stream are things starting to pick up where you are now where you can look at playing some gigs in the near future well you know i i think uh, i did just sign with a booking agency intrepid artist international and so that's that was just recently and that's really an incredible uh, opportunity to have mm -hmm. and so, you know, we are, of course, starting to, to think about 
the possibilities. And, um, you know, right now where, where we are, it's, it's a little bit um, uncertain to say the least. So I think uh, for the near future, um, or at least for 2021, just just staying with outdoor, you know, uh, shows and yeah. festivals. Um, so I think I do have a few few things lined up for maybe the end of the summer, but they're all outdoor. And then hope maybe next year, 2022, we might start um, with some regular indoor touring as well. But, you know, I don't want to um, <laughs> make any promises because safety is definitely the priority. And, you know, I don't, as an artist, I definitely feel a responsibility to make the safest decision possible since mm. I'll be asking people to come to shows and, you know, everybody behind the scenes at shows is putting themselves at risk with, you know, with the indoor kind of uh, performances. So hopefully we can start it up next year with more regular, but for now, just staying with outdoor and live stream stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no, great outlook. And, and so you, you also mentioned that you've been doing lots of songwriting. So you've, you've obviously got the album out, which has been really well perceived. So, um, what what what's the plans for sort of the coming twelve months as far as new, new music? Yeah, well, I just released you know you ain't unlucky, um, and so of course I've been doing like you said so much writing, and definitely there is a lot of new music uh, in the works, and I, I know that I'm going to continue to keep releasing music soon. Um, so definitely I could I could see another another album uh, mm -hmm. sooner than later for sure. I think. Um, with all with you know in lieu of all of the the live shows i think it's so important uh to stay connected with everybody whether that be you know virtual performances or releasing new music so i think that's a big part of what's going to be happening definitely yeah and so over the i i i'm making a big assumption here veronica but over the next couple of years is the intention to uh, and I, I apologize you may have already finished school um are you planning on doing this full time well, yeah, I'm a senior in high school right now, so I, I do I graduate in June, uh, and honestly, I, I I haven't really made a decision really about college or anything like that. No. But I because I know 100% that music and and hopefully touring and, and releasing new music obviously is the top priority. So I would say yes, I'm I'm going to be pursuing music and uh, my career full time. So there's definitely no uh, slowing down in sight. <laughs> no, no, great. And I can only imagine it's such a uh, lot of hard work to keep one's profile, you know, in music and, and let alone making a living out of music via, you know, your streaming platforms. Because as we know, and I know this from bitter experience, they don't exactly pay well. Um, so I think, you know, the live performance coming back and that I could see you having some great success Um full-time outside of um the album stuff so yeah it sounds like it's an exciting time of your life <laughs> it definitely is and you know even though uh it's a little bit weird right now without being able to travel and, and tour mm. and, and see people live i think it's been incredible all the support that i've been that I've, i'm receiving for my music and for this album and honestly like just i'm overwhelmed with gratitude for for everyone's support and, and a big thank you to you david too because this is uh amazing to hear your encouragement and support behind what i'm doing it really means a lot yeah no absolutely no it's our pleasure and um so we've got we've got three or four final questions that we always ask every guest and the first one um which always usually gets a few laughs is the train wreck question so and on stage 
train wreck um, and this might be more difficult for you to relay given it's your voice and your playing and you do it so well but have you ever had a massive technical failure or other embarrassing time on stage oh gosh well you know there's obviously when you're performing live it's not a question of you know if something is going to go you know <laughs> wrong it's always when um and i think uh oh gosh well i think one of the, the biggest technical failures i think was uh in my monitor, like in front of me, uh, the sound guys had somehow rigged like a microphone in their sound booth. So I could hear them like arguing with each other during my <laughs> entire set, like just like screaming at each other. <laughs> and no one could hear it but me because it was in my only monitor. Oh, wow. uh, so that was, I had to just kind of plow through because it was definitely I didn't want to, you know, make it awkward for anybody. Uh, but that was definitely uh, that was definitely a pretty <laughs> Uh, you know, technical fail moment. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's one I haven't heard before. Yeah, that would have been. Um, did you end up telling them afterwards, or you were too you were polite and just let it go? Yeah, I told them afterward. I'm like, I think I could hear your microphone line in my monitor, like after. <laughs> but it was they were definitely a little bit uh, embarrassed for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. Um, and then there are uh, the two questions I did try and give you a heads up on. So. Um, it sounds like given the amount of music you love listening to when you mentioned, I'm sure you do, you know, pre-COVID love going out and seeing other people play, are there keyboard players that inspire you? So we call it tag a keyboard player. Um, so a keyboard player you'd love to hear interviewed themselves. Um, does anyone come to mind? And it could be more than one person, obviously, as well. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I think a big one for sure is, is Katie Webster that comes to mind. You know, oh, yeah. she was just an incredible, you know, boogie woogie, you know, piano player, singer and songwriter. And, you know, I think her, her energy and her songwriting was a big inspiration, but of course, you know, like Ray Charles and, and Jerry Lee Lewis and, uh, you know, little Richard. I mean, there's just <laughs> Otis Spann, Fats yeah. Domino. I mean, I could on forever, you know, don't give me a question like that. Cause I won't Not stop. True. You know, stop. But, um, but definitely, you know, I think, uh, Katie Webster's a big one for sure. <laughs> Great. No, no, love it. No, that's excellent. And then the um, the biggest question of all is the Desert Island Discs. This is the one that stresses our guests. So five albums, if you're able to, that you couldn't live without if you're able to narrow it down. It doesn't matter if you can't, but if you can, we love hearing about them. Oh, God. You know, I think uh, <laughs> the way that I honestly listen to music a lot of the time now is I, I listen to individual songs and yeah. I like kind of compile them like just so many songs, like just hundreds of songs. Um, but oh my gosh, I mean <laughs> Well, actually any... that's that's a really good point. No, that's a really good point, Veronica, because habits have changed. If you had to um, explain five playlists you've created, what's what what are the five playlists, you know, what what's contained in those as far as style or era or, or that sort of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think for sure a big one that I always listen to is like Boogie Woogie piano playlists. I think it's just so cool to listen to all those early players like, you know, Meat Lux Lewis and Pine Top Perkins and Otis Spann. It's kind of that's why I love listening to to different songs because I get to hear kind of a compilation of all these different artists coming together, you know, any uh, early rock and roll kind of rockabilly playlists to even even if it isn't, you know, per se, just, you know, piano kind of blues songs, I still really enjoy hearing um, from, you know, the songwriter part of me. I love listening to uh, any like, you know, old classic country too. Mm -hmm. um, 
just really like I have a Patsy Cline radio because I love Patsy Cline so yeah. much, you know, as the singer. And, you know, I think, you know, too, any definitely like Americana is a big one, too, that I love. Um, yeah. Even, you know, even modern artists, too. Like, I really enjoy, uh, of course, like Freddie Mercury and even Avril Lavigne. Like, I yeah, it really yeah. spans just like so many eras that I could just go on forever listing the playlist. Yeah. But I think I can give you a good kind of overlook. <laughs> no, that's a good, I like that. That's good. And it's something different as well. So no, no, love it. So um, no, look, can't thank you enough for taking the time, Veronica. And um, I mentioned in the introduction to our listeners, we, we came across your video on a musician's forum at musicplayer.com from keyboard players, just show, you know, showing your video and how amazing your voice and, and piano was so it was lovely to just stumble across that by accident and then get to to have a talk to you and um hopefully and it sounds like you might be doing some international work in the coming couple of years um uh, given you've now um signed up with intrepid so um hopefully we see you down here at some stage oh my gosh well that's also so exciting that you guys just kind of came across my my music that's super cool and i'm i'm so glad you did because this is an honor and it's it's so cool to talk talk with you and meet you over the uh, over the phone, I guess. Um, and, and yeah, definitely international, um, shows and travel. I, I can anticipate happening if not next year, then hopefully the year after that. Yes. And Australia is definitely on the top of my list. I've always wanted to go and I can't wait to visit there and play there one day, <laughs> hopefully soon. And there we go. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Veronica. Um, as I said in the introduction, her passion for what she does is obvious. Her talent is even more obvious. Um, and if you didn't have a chance to listen to her music before that interview, please do take the time. There's some amazing stuff both on her YouTube channel, obviously streaming via the major services and so on. Yeah, just, just amazing artists to watch. So, yeah, thank you for joining us again. Uh, we'll be back in a few weeks. Um, but just a reminder, you can keep in touch via a few means. Our website is www.keyboardchronicles.com. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash keyboard chronicles or on Twitter at the, C the keyboard chr1, number one. If you like good old-fashioned email, then do drop us a line at editor at keyboardchronicles.com. If you'd like to become an official supporter, we do have a Patreon account where for the price of a coffee a month, you can help us go from strength to strength. And again, a huge shout out to the wonderful people that do support us. Uh, and that is at www.patreon.com forward slash keyboard chronicles. Um, so yeah, thank you again for joining me and look forward to being back with you in a couple of weeks. Um, so thank you for listening and hope to see you back there then. Mm -hmm.